0: Hey there, fellow conductors of the Metaphysical Examination, and welcome to The Cross This is episode 318 for the week of May 15th, 2017. Thanks so much for joining us. We've got a really fun one coming up. We're going to talk about the 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters. Yeah, wait, what? That's like two years from now. We're also going to be talking about Zool. He's real. He's a dinosaur, and he's back. We're also going to talk about Vice's article about extreme Ghostbusters. We're going to talk Funko. We've got NES stuff. Oh my gosh, there's so much. Stay tuned.
1: Still Playing With Toys.net presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad The biggest podcast since 1909 So great News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters Are you the key best? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin
2: and Chris Stewart Don't look at me, I think these people are completely
1: nuts Woo!
2: How am I going to open this? I brought down a beer, and it's not a twist on
0: Uh-oh well, yeah, go run and uh, grab one.
2: Sorry. No, I refuse.
0: <laughs> Downstairs now. Wait, you you can't open it with your eye. You're not one of those. Uh, the, one of those. The dudes that can open yeah, it with their eyes. Yeah, because I like seeing. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, no, I, I can't do that. It it physically. Pa- I know it doesn't hurt the people that do it, but it physically pains me. It can't.
2: Yeah. Um. Probably hurts them too. They're lying. Do guess what? Y- Can you do the
0: lighter trick? Somebody, like, the back of a lighter.
2: If I I had a lighter. Can you... I just need a lever. That's all it turns into. I'm looking around. Well, I'm I'm going to refinish. I'm just going to use my little (laughs) coaster thing, but I don't know if that's going (laughs) to (laughs) work.
0: We're going to hear you try to open the beer bottle. Ah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like not on the glass Wet table.
2: Head. No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> America's Funniest Home Videos. See, I, I, I I'm I i motor line alcoholic because I have I have a bottle opener on my keychain. I'm that guy that's like, oh, here I got that.
2: I had a shun of the Dead one.
0: Keychain. Oh, see. There. Yeah, there you go.
2: But it's around so much. It's okay. I got a claw hammer. Claw this hammer. Will this will work fine. No. Okay. No. Well, it's sort of working.
0: I just I'm ah. waiting for the crash so that I can cut to the. Please ah. stand by.
2: Ah, there we go. Are nope. you
0: up to date on your tetanus shots? No.
2: Sorry, right, it's open. Yeah, there right. it goes. All, all right, you cheers. have to do is all you have to do is bend open like three or four of the things, and it just comes off. So there it is. And now <sighs> yes. the beer can cheers. be
0: consumed. Um, <laughs> hey, you got the you got your your William Murray hat. I saw. I got mine I did. too.
2: Yes, thanks to you. Just uh, the,
0: in the nick of time too, man. Like those things sold out the minute that I think did you it? and I were clued into it.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. Like, some, of the, some of the then.
0: shirts were still up, but the hats were. Uh, those were those were gone like within 24 hours. I want to say 24, 48 hours.
2: I got it a little later than that. So, and oh, when I was there, okay. one of the shirts was out. So I'm wondering if perhaps.
0: I wonder if there's a they, they weren't doing some fast restocking.
2: Oh, you know? maybe. I just think they may have had you know restocking pretty quick, and then if it's all sold out now, then you better wait because yeah. I think their, their still, run's
0: done. Uh, I really want to get that the old-fashioned shirt. I don't really wear polo shirts. That's the thing. Like I'm.
2: Yeah, that's why I want the hat. I'm not a polo shirt guy. Yeah, either, so. yeah.
0: But the the old-fashioned one is still pretty good, even though it is a polo yeah. shirt.
2: It's interesting. It's unique. So it's one of the what do they call them? Flex band or flex fit? Yeah, yeah. It's like the popular thing now, right? Yeah. So your hat fits multiple size heads, but they put an elastic band inside to adjust to the appropriate appropriately to the person. And I've had a few of those, like the 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 Ghostbusters one. Oh, the new the new era caps. Those ones. Uh, no, the history. The history cats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one same of the... Same thing. That was Flex? Right. I thought that was, like, one of those snapback hats, no? No, it's same thing. I don't huh. know. Huh. This one had a... I don't know. They all, they all look the same to me. But anyways, um... <laughs> uh, this one had, uh... Yeah, actually, this one had a curve, to it. So, I mean, yeah, the other one was probably... But in my head, it's the same. It's the same system, right? but like yeah. it doesn't have a, the, the snaps in the back. It's kind of... But, uh, uh this one is unique. Because it's not embroidered. It's got some sort of rubberized embossing on it. Like
0: Yeah, I don't know what to call that. I was I was concerned when I first got it. I'm like, oh no, that's gonna peel it's off. It's gonna come
2: off, but no, it but seems pretty rock solid.
0: Yeah, I'm not quite sure. It's like, like melted on there? I don't know how they do it. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean it's probably adhered uh, pretty pretty yeah. but the the thing itself is thick too. It's not like a vinyl. Yeah, because like yeah. when you first
0: look thick. at it, it looks like a vinyl thing that you're like, like we were talking about with the couch like, earlier, oh, like it's going to peel cheap off. And and then, like,
2: yeah. no, no, this is, yeah. that's why I said rubberized, because it kind of reminds me of like the, you know, the rubberized keychains and stuff like that. It's, yeah. you know, it f- yeah. feels thick and durable. Uh, Bill Murray's uh, a little bit of tartan on the underside of the cap.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's got that, that, that was the surprise that I liked when I showed my wife Kelly that I was like, Oh my God, check that out. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's just like the yep. pants and, they sell.
2: And then amusingly enough, and I'm not sure what it's supposed to, to uh, symbolize represent the, the one off color eyelet on the back. Did you notice that?
0: Oh, I didn't, I didn't notice that. I'll have to take a look at it again. Yeah. Mine's yeah. got, so
2: my, I got the gray one and then yeah, one the of the eyelets has like a, a slime green. I'd love to read oh. into it that, that it's actually meant to represent Ghostbusters oh, or something. That would be but, really funny. But who knows? But it yeah. literally is just one of the, brief, the like the you know the heat eyelets on the the, the yeah. top. Yeah, well, that's is, funny. I'll that's to look some, at that uh, again. I didn't notice color that. Color stitching. Yeah. It's a, it's an eclectic hat, but I mean it's quite, well expect,
0: well right? worth the whatever it was forty dollars forty five dollars. I mean it was a little expensive <laughs> for a hat for me, but
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> But, and I'll tell you why. It's because everybody else goes, we're going to make hats. And the, the, the distributor, the manufacturer of the hats goes, here they are in gray, here they are in blue. And <laughs> Bill Murray's like, I want tartan on this, and I want one eyelet to be off color. That's, and they're like, we uh, have to make those money. special. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm but, sitting there going, imagine you're making the hat, and instead of running it through the same machine just to do gray stitch eyelets you got to pull it out and throw it in another Throw machine it in
0: another machine. Yeah. To
2: put a, a different thread stitch. In it, Like, you know, it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna add on a couple of bucks. Yeah, here. That, that, adds,
0: side. that adds to it. Ah. Yeah. It's funny. I, uh, so I wore, we had a screening of our movie. I don't know. It was like t- two weeks ago and I wore my oh. hat because it was, it was like, ah, oh, I'm going to, I got my hat. I'm going to wear it today. I'm going to be that guy that wears a baseball hat to the movie. I'm going to be like Ron Howard or something, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so I wore it, and uh, our assistant editor came up to me, and and the first thing he saw it, and he he like kind of stopped for a second. He was like, "Troy, wait, do you do you play golf?" I was like, "No, no, no, it's Bill Murray. I don't I don't play golf. I <laughs> have this because it's, oh, I can see why you would think that because it looks like it's a golfer if you don't know what it is."
2: <laughs> Troy, do you? Do you race cars? Yeah, oh, wait, the racing what? gloves! No, they've got Bill Murray's face stitched onto them. That's that's <laughs> yeah, the only reason exactly. I'm wearing them.
0: So, like, if I wear the polo shirt, is like Troy? Were you in a fraternity? Like, what? <laughs> were you a villain in
2: an '80s movie? No. Yeah. So what is it? Zappa, Kappa Trappa. Z- Zappa,
0: Capa, Trappa. Yeah. There you oh, go. Oh God, where did that come from? I remember that. That was. Uh,
2: I don't know, somewhere. Who coined that? Some of the Southern Ghostbusters, I think.
0: Yeah, maybe that's what it was. It was the was that the Atlanta guys? Somebody out there. I, yeah, I was clever. It was super clever. Whoever it was, but uh, so yeah. So we some, our...
2: some of the Ghostbusters of British Columbia are in in the fraternity. I choose to take the Grocho Marks approach. Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to be in any fraternity that would have me. So. <laughs> Not that they've invited me. So, <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, our invites were lost in the mail. That's all right. Um, you well, know, I went through
2: real university and dodged fraternities. I don't need to don't, go through fake. I don't need ones. to go to a fake one.
0: But it could be so it, much fun. We did a fake prom, and it was it was a lot better than my high school prom.
2: neither dumb cool shirts <laughs> and logos. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: poor chris uh, well while he collects himself let's uh, shift over to the news because there's a lot to talk about here we go with the news hey
3: guys peter i have some news from the world of gozer
1: i got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to shoot
3: turn your head multi-planar curly and emanations yeah well here's your next month's cover of gq check out the aura on this sucker.
0: all right chris get ready It's the 35th anniversary of Go. Wait,
2: (sighs) what? My alarm didn't go off. What?
0: Yeah, hold on. What year is this? (laughs) What year is
2: this? I slept.
0: Way too long. Way too long. Uh, no, it is not the 35th anniversary for Ghostbusters. Here's here's the thing. Two of the news items, and we're gonna make them the the top two lead stories here. Uh, sure. Things that went viral for Ghostbusters for good reasons. Now it's kind of it's kind of <laughs> nice and refreshing for Ghostbusters to have something going viral that's not clickbait and and actually is is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. The first item of that, uh, I think we can blame on uh, Ecto One. The boogie. Fan? What? Oh, oh well, yes. we can also blame it on the boogie.
2: If you're one of the Jackson, Uh, which one are you talking about? Uh, This is the the
0: 35, uh, anniversary logo. So, so Ecto one fan on Twitter posted, uh, and, and on his blog, uh, for the licensing expo that's happening in Las Vegas that happens every single year about this time. Um, there was one of those, you know, publications, the programs, the flyers, whatever. Uh, and Sony put one of their ads out there and they had a brand new, no ghost logo in there with the 35th anniversary copy underneath it. And it set the internet aflame. Everybody was like, (laughs) Oh my God, this is the official 35th anniversary. And granted it's a very cool logo. It's very evocative of real Ghostbusters. Um, It has that sort of uh, slightly opaque, like it's, it's kind of transparent and you can kind of see through it. So it feels like it's that plastic.
2: Um, Yeah. Um, What are the, Apple kind of coined the term with their their kind of jelly, wasn't it? Isn't that the term they had yeah, for like j- their buttoning jelly- scheme for a while? Yeah, I don't.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, you're right. It's it's like what the iMac was. You know, it's that same sort of like clear plastic, semi translucent. Yeah. Um, but so at any rate, so this this logo is making the rounds, um, and and it makes sense. So, so it doesn't make sense for them to be revealing the 35th anniversary logo this early because, as we know, the 35th anniversary is in 2019. Uh, that's also the 30th anniversary of Ghostbusters too, by the way. Which it's very—I qu- think it's going to be a big year for Ghostbusters. Let's just throw that out there. Um, <laughs> every
2: five years is. but whatever. Every five
0: years is. Uh, but it does make sense for them to be sort of soliciting this at the licensing expo for all of the you know the yeah. the, the potential licensors that you want to sell products and do their merchandising tie-ins and if they're going to get the big you know fish like uh, Mattel on the line they want to hook them now so they can start thinking about the product line 2 years from now so it makes a whole lot of sense so what happened on your Facebook on the proton charging Facebook Chris Yes. Uh, ghost core. I'm assuming it was Eric because we know he's the one that sort of mans the phones there on the the Facebook page, but he chimed in and he said, Hey guys, uh, f- super cool logo. It's actually part of our style guide, which is where the, you know, the Easter, no ghost logo came from the St. Patrick's day one, all of those holiday theme, no ghost logos. That's, they've kind of come up with this now, like a grab bag that's not the right word but so the style guide has all of these different logos that they can apply for different uses and that logo came from that style guide uh and they're just using it to solicit right now uh for the 35th anniversary that's not the official 35th anniversary logo
2: yes and more to the point he actually said there is a real one and it's very cool we are not unveiling it yet,
0: yeah, so, but you can't see it yet, but you can't see it. he's very good at that uh to eric reich he he loves to to tease that kind of stuff, so
2: this is our thirty fifth anniversary logo. it's in Canada <laughs> you have, you've never met him
0: you've never um, met him. he's sorry, he was listening to the cure before you did um Ugh, so uh but it does it looks a lot like the packaging from the real Ghostbusters' toys, which a lot of people pointed out, and i I do really yeah. love that that it it has that sort of glow and it has that color scheme. Um, and it is sort of in that same palette, but, uh, but alas, no, um, for everybody that was speculating, oh my God, that's the animated movies logo. Unfortunately, no, that's not what that is either. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's just a, it's a cool logo. It's, uh, I know that, um, all of the franchises have been getting a a great poster and I think it was actually the ghost core profile photo. If it isn't still now, it's that sort of like, um, um, like the cutout uh, construction paper look where everything kind of has depth to it. So it's like red swirls. And then on another layer behind it, there's another like series of swirls. And, um, that, so there's, there's that logo that they're using as well, which is, is really cool. So mm-hmm. I, I think that they just had graphic designers go crazy and say like, Hey, have fun with it, do whatever you want. But that's so that, that logos on a bunch of posters that franchises ha- are, are handing out at uh, conventions as well. It's a really cool poster. Um, but, uh, yeah, sorry, guys. Hate, hate to be the bearer of bad news. It's just something that they're soliciting for for the trades. Yeah, so. mark your
2: calendar for this time next year. Yes. Because I suspect yeah. that's about when we'll see the 35th anniversary, yeah, the summer imagine, of next year.
0: Yeah, spring, spring, summer of next year when they're starting to get stuff ready for that uh, –
2: yeah, you we know, were seeing the 25th anniversary one about that time the year before.
0: Yeah, Chris, Christmas 25th. time they want to start cashing yeah. in on that, I think. So, um, <laughs> so that was the first viral news item. Now the second viral news item, I hope you guys are sitting down for because we're about to blow your minds. Um, Zool is real. <laughs> uh, now, I
2: I don't know how to
0: I don't know how to to forewarn you, um, Zool is terrifying. I think Zool is very dangerous. Uh, but luckily, Zool has been dead for 35 million years, and I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. it will anyway, we'll be fine. It will be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. This is a very uh, terrible, dramatic way of, of telling you that uh, the, the Royal Ontario Museum, is that right? Chris, ROM, I, I think so. is their acronym. ROM, yeah. Um, Royal Ontario Museum has announced that they found one of the most complete, uh, no, I'm going to butcher it. It's cause, cause Dan Eckert says ankylosaurus. And as a kid, I said ankylosaurus. And I think it's just cause I was a stupid kid and I pronounced things terribly, but so he calls it an ankylosaur. Uh, but it's it's one of the most complete skeletons that they've ever found of this particular species of dinosaur, including the tail. Um, you know, you can always tell the Ankylosaurus has that sort of like barbed spiky tail and it has the giant yeah. club at the end. Uh, he was a guy that was not to be messed with. So what they've done is they have named this particular species of the dinosaur after Ghostbusters. And they had Dan Aykroyd there to reveal the name of... Uh Zool I believe it is. Um there's a there's a pronunciation guide here and it doesn't help. tator Creer creerivast. Or I don't know. They put it in caps like I just wanna say Tate. You know, as a uh, Tate Donovan the dinosaur.
2: Crevas-tator,
0: I don't know. Anyway, so uh but what it translates to is Zul the destroyer of shins. Little, uh, little bit of humor there for um, I'm sure the the poor T Rex or the poor uh, Brachiosaurus or all of the, the the poor dinosaurs that witnessed the wrath of this particular creature. Uh, but uh, very cool. I think it was they had Dan Aykroyd there, and we do we have some audio clips coming up for you guys in a second here. But um, the Royal Ontario Museum guys, help us with your production value. Help us with your videos because the videos are kind of (laughs) bizarre. So Dan, Dan Aykroyd was there to do the, um, the introduction and there's like a really long pause at the beginning. And then I think Dan's just kind of winging it. He's off script and he introduces the dinosaur and then there's another really long pause and and then nothing happens after that. Like I thought there was going to be more explanation. I thought maybe Aykroyd was going to, Speak about the honor of having a dinosaur named after your property. I thought there was a lot more coming, but in this thirty-second clip, uh, not not much happened. And poor poor Dan, I, I just want to, as a director, I just want to be like, are you sure you don't want another take? Let's do another take. Come on, just one more for safety. <laughs> um, so uh, so yeah, so let's let's play a couple of these clips for you guys so that you can be introduced to the uh, Zool dinosaur, uh, and then Chris and I will come back and, and talk about it. Here we go.
2: Greetings. I am Dan Aykroyd, a.k.a. Ray Stantz, Ghostbuster, and you're looking at a close-up of the terror dog from the movie Ghostbusters. And this is a real terror dog in the form of an Ankylosaurus. We're so honored that the Royal Ontario Museum uh, would accord uh, the name uh, of this magnificent creature
3: uh, with a uh, the appellation that we uh, we called our, our our terror dog in the movie, and that is Zool. Z u u l. Zool lived in an ecosystem that was full of plant and animal life. The quarry that produced Zool also produced a wide range of other plant remains and vertebrate fossil remains. Uh, When Zool was alive, it would have shared its world with duck-billed dinosaurs and horned dinosaurs, relatives of Triceratops, for instance, Uh, and it would have to have been on the lookout for predators, the great tyrannosaurs, or cousins of Tyrannosaurus rex. And this is where this menacing tail club would have come in handy.
1: Tail clubs were really good defensive weapons against two-legged predators. You definitely wouldn't want to get bopped in the ankle by an ankylosaur tail club, especially if you're something that walks around on two legs like Tyrannosaur. Uh, so that's another reason that we named it Zuul the Destroyer of Shins or Zuul Cur of Some of the work that I've done before I joined the ROM team was looking at how ankylosaurs use their really cool tail club weapons. And I was able to find that they were able to swing them with a lot of velocity and a lot of impact force, but they were also well adapted for withstanding those impact forces. So you definitely wouldn't want to get in the way of an ankylosaur swinging a tail club like this one. So some of the things that help us tell ankylosaurs apart from each other are the shape of these horns on the back of the skull and the patterns that the osteoderms and ornamentation on the skull make. So those are some things that helped us figure out that Zool was a new species, especially all this cool, peaked, rugose, rough area on top of the skull around the eyes and the shape of its horns. Other things that helped us tell it was a new species are the presence of all of these really cool spikes down the tail club and how they have different shapes compared to other ankylosaurs where those are preserved as well. Naming new dinosaurs is always really exciting, and one of the things that's great about Zool is that it helps us flesh out the biodiversity of dinosaurs during the last 10 million years of the Cretaceous period before the extinction of all of the dinosaurs except birds. Uh, This is a time when climate was changing, sea level was changing, uh, and there's still a lot that we don't know about the biodiversity of dinosaurs at this time. So it's a really important discovery.
3: It's important to note too that the specimen here, Zool, is the first tail clubbed ankylosaur to be found with a complete skull and a complete tail club. And we also have the whole body in between, which is currently under preparation. And so Zool really is going to help us understand not only aspects of its anatomy, but it'll help us to understand ankylosaur evolution in general. Naming and describing Zuul is just the first stage of our research project on this remarkable specimen. Uh, the next phase of research is going to involve going back to the rocks uh, and studying the rocks where this skeleton was collected to learn about the environment that Zuul lived in. But we're most excited about studying the remarkable preservation of the skin of this dinosaur. Seeing soft tissues like the keratin and the scales preserved is something we just don't see in very many dinosaurs. And we feel by studying the biogeochemistry of this specimen, we're gonna learn a lot about the biology of ankylosaurs that we didn't know before.
1: Some of the things that make ankylosaurs really unique are the presence of all of these really cool bony spikes and plates in their skin. These have a special name, they're called osteoderms, which means skin bone. That's because they form in the skin instead of wrapped up in muscles and guts like in our body. So we don't really have anything like osteoderms. Uh, And usually these fall away after an animal dies, uh, like an ankylosaur, because they're in the skin. The skin rots away. So something that's been really exciting about this fossil is that it actually preserves the osteoderms in place and it also preserves fossilized skin which is very very rare. So that's been an interesting challenge for me to be able to uh, see and describe and identify all of these structures that aren't usually preserved in ankylosaurs. So some great examples are these black uh, this black material over top of the bony plate. Uh, This is the horny sheath that would have covered the osteoderm while it was alive and these are the scales that would have covered the rest of the body as well. In in contrast, the bones themselves are this really nice orangey-brown color. What
2: is
0: the magic word? Please. So, uh, Chris, is it weird to you? I don't know. It was kind of bizarre to me. Like in the Q&A section on the website, there are, and I'm pulling this. This is a direct quote. We're also planning to study the geology of Zool's quarry. That's kind of weird, right? That just feels strange to me.
2: A quarry. Well, and
0: it's the, Here's here's scientists that are talking about they were talking about the plants that Zul ate and the atmosphere in which it it breathed and the Yeah. But we're we're talking about Zul, right? This is Zul yeah. the minion of Gozer. Uh
2: I don't know. It's it's just it's the, still,
0: it feels very surreal to me.
2: The geology of Zul's quarry. Yeah. So I'm assuming they mean whatever rock hole they dug it out of. Yes. They're going to be looking at the the surrounding rock to try came to get what from? they can. Yeah, out um, of that one. But
0: it's, it's it's just
2: so strange to hear. I mean, it,
0: it, they might as well say like, uh, "Well, we dug Winnie the Pooh out of the Montana desert and like what? <laughs> Winnie? Sorry, come again. That was who? Yeah,
2: um, but that's that stuff happens all the time. Uh, Michael Creighton has a dinosaur named after him. What, um, is he really? Yeah. But see, here's the thing. Here's the secret. Scientists love to give little nods all over the place. There's meteors named after James Bond. There's <laughs> uh, animals all over the place bearing the names of stars. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the first uh, like, space
0: shuttle was named the Enterprise, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah.
2: At, at, uh, uh, scientists are science fiction nerds at heart because you know that's what they're. That's why they're yeah. they're intrigued and trying to learn more about the universe. They, they're looking to the future. Um, I think what set this one off, though, is and initially I didn't didn't quite get it because the picture they showed was the the artist's interpretation of what it looked like when it was alive. Yeah, yeah. And it's very. I'm like, well, as a dinosaur head. It's when when you're looking at the skull of it, <laughs> and you see the protrusions right, out and especially the back, from
0: the front. Yeah, front and the back. Yeah, it
2: has a when it has the artist rendering. Basically, what it amounts to is if you could imagine, like it's got a very I don't know pointed triangular head, um, but it turns out, you know, quote unquote the cheek area is is empty. There's no bone there. So, yeah. but the the jaw structure on the back comes out and forward a bit, and it looks very much like. Uh, uh, well, here's the funny part. Uh, I never thought of it until now. Technically is Vin's horns it looks a that kind of like yeah. But it and I never does. thought about that when I made my joke that uh Vin's uh Clorthodon or whatever was uh <laughs> not available as a name. It never occurred to me until now uh that yeah, actually it it is technically a little, uh, little more like Vinz's yeah. head, but, uh, but that's that's but, a
0: common miscarriage. I mean I know that yeah. there were toy makers out there that were like, which one is Vin's and which one is uh never mind, just put two of the same mind. out nobody'll tell.
2: But it does look – but like I said, unless you're a real pedant, you look at it and you're like, yeah, that's totally a terror dog, head man. Yeah, yeah. It so, reminds me
0: uh, of uh, the uh, – who the the guy that was on the Zamboni that sent you the, the hat, the Zool hat? That's kind of what it looks like to me, that logo that they designed.
2: On the Zamboni. I know who's the team it? you're talking about, though. Yeah, the – um
0: it was I, th- I thought. In San yeah, San Francisco. You- the, uh, oh, maybe it was San Francisco. It was like a oh, it was like a race car thing or something, wasn't it? It was a uh, racing drones. That was it, racing drones. Yeah. That yes. Was, yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's what it reminded me of. But um, but yeah, there's there's yeah. actually the the ROM, the Royal Ontario Museum, has posted a few more photos, um, that are, are from the head, and it's sort of like dan is kind of leaning on the also it's a fossil i don't know how they were like oh yeah just lean on the fossil dan it's fine um <laughs> so he's like leaning on the head and that's that's the one that really looks like the terror dog uh because yeah. of the way that they the angle that they shot it at looks a, a whole lot more like it
2: but it also uh, lets you in on the joke about the shins because the head given the size of the head that thing was kind of low to the ground <laughs> it kind of yeah. It was kind of running around, <laughs> whacking you at the, at the knees level. Oh
0: man. Zool in my coffee <laughs> table, I tell you. Uh, but, uh, so yeah. So at any rate, uh, looking forward to hearing more about Zool. Uh, hopefully there will be some more videos uh, now that they have some, some more time about it. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try to get maybe somebody on the show to actually to, to speak to us about the find and where the, I mean, cause I'm, yes. I'm very curious. They found the the fossil in Montana and when did they find it? And, Uh, Especially if it was all intact, how did they transport it uh, up to the museum in Canada? That kind of thing. Yeah,
2: it was probably a couple of years ago. Yeah, (laughs) it had to have been. These things tend to happen, and then by the time we hear about them, either... The news has latched onto it too early and isn't presenting it properly, or it's been four years, but they make it sound like it happened yesterday because, right. yeah, or they found science it, it took takes them time this long
0: to, uh, you know, uncover it. And, and, uh, I, I know that they make plaster casts of all of them, so maybe they did yeah. that before all of this press stuff happened. So, but, uh, that
2: and, like, <laughs> you can't just say we found a new species of dinosaur without it being vetted. So, <laughs> right, I, yeah. I suspect there's been several years of people looking at it going, yeah, all right.
0: I guess that's new. Yeah, Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson will debunk Zool at any moment now. Just uh, (laughs) wait for it. Well,
2: that's the sad part is that it has a nice name to kind of drum up interest and all that, but it's quite possible over the next however many years, you know, a clever paleontologist uh, might get in there and – do a lot of careful comparing and observing and publishing and then arguing and then uh, defending and then counter-arguing and then defending and then one day it becomes accepted as the most likely answer and they'll collapse the Zool you know species yeah. down into another one and yeah. the name will
0: this is actually <laughs> this species
2: i'm sorry yeah <laughs> that's right because as we be were fun talking about lasted because, as we were talking about before, I, I got a head full of dinosaurs that no longer technically exist. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: off mic, we were talking about uh, Brontosaurus and. <laughs> that's uh, right. Yeah.
2: All, all you Jurassic Park kids are Brachiosaurus forward. Us older guys are kind of like, we missed the Brontosaurus. Fred Flintstone had a Brontosaurus. It was good <laughs> enough for Fred Flintstone. Come on. Those, uh, yeah. Brachiosaurus
0: Brachiosaur forwards. <laughs> I think that's the first time I ever heard that. That's Next, you'll
2: tell me Pluto doesn't exist as a planet. Well, actually, Chris, it, no, just kidding. We won't get any <laughs> you but, may want to have a seat and a beer. And well, I'm way
0: ahead. Ah, uh, good and done. Um, well, hey, let's talk about uh, this Vice article. It was kind of timely, considering sure. that we talked last week about uh, this very topic, and so this this yeah. popped up and. I thought, man, that's fortuitous. Um, so Vice had uh, an article on the surprise diversity of extreme Ghostbusters, and it was written by Noel, uh, Noel Ransom. And I'm, I'm still, I'm racking my brain trying to remember who Noel, Noel's name is. Incredibly familiar to me. Is, do, you, do you recall? Is he a Ghosthead? Is he somebody that we've we've encountered before, Chris?
2: No, it didn't ring any bells for me. Um, I did a quick little look and uh, online and I guess he's been writing for almost a decade now in various capacities. Yeah. But yeah, it didn't, nothing okay. that stood out as giant Ghostbuster fan and actually going by the article, not a giant Ghostbusters fan.
0: <laughs> uh, yes, true. Uh, so, so yeah, so let's get into that. So Noel, um, and maybe, maybe he's written other articles I've read, but at, at any rate, so Noel, possibly. uh, he talks about how, um, uh, real ghosts or uh, extreme Ghostbusters really got diversity in its characters right. Uh, and, right and his hypothesis that he's he's throwing out there is that you know especially in, in Ghostbusters 2016 he felt that the way that the other properties especially the original film in 2016 they sort of either really drop the ball in terms of their diversity um, and he points out you know that poor Winston Zeddemore is always sort of the forgotten token guy in the background, um, who, yeah, you know, doesn't, he's, he's not really one of the team and it's, it's things that we've talked about before where there's the, the four scientists. Well, you know, Winston wasn't a scientist and, and all of those things that that kind of you look back on it and you go, yeah, that's actually not great. That's kind of awkward. Um, but then also in, in the 2016 movie, um, he doesn 't flat out say it but i I get where he 's going you know that that the diversity was actually a big selling point to the entire thing look it 's four women look it 's the all women ghostbusters uh you know there are there 's jokes in the movie that they 're not being taken seriously because they 're women like it's it it 's actually a very it's under the microscope and it's a very focal point of, of the film itself. Um, which, so his argument was, that's not really the way to handle diversity. If you look at extreme ghostbusters, here's these characters where, you know, look, Roland is, um, he's African American, but he's like sort of a non-stereotypical nerd who, you know, he's got the cool, like, tight fade, but at the same time, like, he's not exactly a nerd. He kind of likes cars. He's he's a very well-rounded character, and nobody specifically calls out, like, he's not, I, th- I think the way that he quoted it was, he's not the shucking and jiving character, which makes sense. You know, in a cartoon, you always have that, like, hey, I'm the cool guy, everybody. Okay. Um, so they, they they avoided all of those tropes, all of those stereotypes with Roland. Um, Eduardo, they talk about how he avoided all of the the kind of pratfalls and, and tropes of Latino characters. Um, and he even points out there was a commercial for like a restaurant chain, or I can't remember what it was now, but it was a bandito. And of course, it's like incredibly racist and very speedy Gonzalez. Um, and, you know, Eduardo, he he throws a few Spanish words in there, but like, that's not what defines him as a character. He's kind of a slacker. He's kind of there for the easy A. Um, that's,
2: that's definitely a, the team, team cynic and the he, skeptic.
0: Yeah. He's the skeptic. And you know, maybe he starts to be there because he's in love with the girl or, you know, th- there's, and, and, and that's kind of what he gets to is like all of these characters and, and Garrett, you know, the other one that he yeah. calls out is Garrett. Here's a dude who's in a wheelchair and, But that's never, he's never broken. He's never at a disadvantage. He's never calling out like, hey guys, wait up for the guy in the wheelchair.
2: (laughs) They sat down to create a character and instead of going for the easy, uh, he's an intellectual weaker character because he's stuck in a chair and can't do anything. They sat down and went, "Uh, murder ball. Let's do that. (laughs) Good.
0: Done. Exactly. He's an adrenaline junkie that jumps out of airplanes and uh, when something's happening, he's the first one out the door. And so, I mean, for for any of the faults that Extreme, Extreme Ghostbusters may have had, what he is saying is that if you want to diversify a cast, you want to do it this way, and you want to make sure that these characters, like their their race or their disability or, or something about that character is not ultimately what defines them. It's the fact that they're human, and they have all of these different traits. They have all of these different personality traits. Um, and so, but what's funny is, so he, he lays out this argument, which is brilliant. And then he goes, but then I think, nah, maybe I'm reading too much into it. I need to seek out the creator, the supervising producer of extreme ghostbusters and pick his brain before I give this show the credit that I'm giving it. I want to make sure that they intended that <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm, I'm giving them a little too much credit uh, where it's not deserved here. So he actually reached out to Jeff Klein. Which is amazing because I've been trying to get in touch with Jeff Klein now for 15 20 years. he just he's he's a tough guy he doesn't really want to talk about extreme Ghostbusters. It's okay. At one point he did a lot of he did Transformers he did men in black he was working for Bobot and Sony it's it was a job. I get it he's he doesn't kind of want to revisit that but um so he did he reached out to Jeff Klein and he got a great quote that I kind of wanted to read verbatim here he says, Diversity was absolutely the focus from the beginning. If we were going to throw four teenagers together and create a forced family situation with different backgrounds and life experiences only made sense. We wanted insecurities and personality flaws because that stuff is universal. For instance, with Garrett Miller, I wanted an adrenaline junkie, but we needed a reason for him to be a social outcast. So we hit on the idea of putting him in a wheelchair and against all expectations, made his disability almost a non issue. So so they did it. They purposefully did this. Sure they, you know, I'm, I'm sure that they said, "Okay, we're going to put him in a wheelchair." But that's not what it's not going to be the focus point. Like, how does he get in and out of the car? I don't we build a ramp. Like it's fine. Like that's that's yeah. not what they are focusing on. Um and and I I I like that. I thought it was a really well-timed article considering we were talking last week about it.
2: Yeah, the I remember, boy, maybe one of the first GDCs I went to. I I signed up for uh, one of the one of the sessions they were having, and it was with a uh, a Hollywood uh, screenwriter who does screenwriting courses and all that, whose name I forget. Yeah. Um, and he gave us a handout, which I've kept to this day. It's somewhere here in the office because it was I'm looking at it going, I know full well this is like1,500 dollars worth of his course that they were just handing out because we were, <laughs> you know, signed up for GDC and all that. And one of the, the, one of the things I walked away from from what he was teaching and in this handout was when you design a character, you kind of come up with all their like their personality characteristics
0: right right and
2: then and then with because you don't want them to be too one-dimensional you come up with for lack of a better term you know up to three quirks and that amounts to things like you know addicted to cigarettes or whatever that's what they did with Garrett right he's an adrenaline yeah. junkie and he's a jock and you know he's he's, he's hot-headed and all this so you, you know that what that guy is like when you describe him, oh he's hot-headed and he's the first yeah. through the door and all that now, how do we make him less boring? And there, right there, on the top, he's in a wheelchair. Right, done. Right. So, you, like you like you say, the 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 main focus is, you know, his his um, stubbornness and his uh, you know impetuousness and his you know uh you know looking for action sort of thing and and yeah you don't focus on and he's in a wheelchair and that becomes the focus of everything no like that just becomes the thing that makes him you know a tad more unique and interesting than yeah. you know the next jock over sort of thing
0: yeah and and so so what he he says is this is this is inclusion 101 but what he yeah. paints the picture as is that you know, this, this was a point in the nineties when the Rodney King riots and the OJ Simpson murder case. And like, there was not a, a desire much like there is now to make sure that there is inclusion, to make sure that we have an Asian cast member on Saturday night live and to make sure that, you know, everybody is getting a, a fair shot, not just based upon their, their, uh, gender or their race or their, you know, they've, this was not that time. This was the extreme nineties. They just wanted to throw cool in your face. So so his argument was like extreme ghostbusters really, he said it had no pressure to go down that route. They did this on their own. They chose to do this. Um, and that he he kind of applauds them for it. And that's before he starts bashing the original ghostbusters. (laughs) And as you alluded to earlier, Chris, you know, um, well, I'll, I'll let his words do the talking. He says, uh, yes, the Ghostbusters of 1984 was an iconic classic, as I mentioned, but oh, that casting. It's a very Hollywood 80s sort of bullshit. <laughs> Somehow, masses were okay with the three smart white guys being followed by a, a lone, non-academic black dude played by Winston Zedmore. He even messes... He says Winston Zedmore. It's Ernie Hudson. We all know that, but um, but he says this stupidness was repeated in the 2016 version uh, criticism though, not at fault of Leslie Jones. Um, so, and, and again, I, I do get that, uh, there, there, was that, that argument that, you know, Leslie Jones shows up and she's the MTA worker. She's not the scientist. Well, that's strange. Yeah. And, and we've talked about how she was supposed to be, um, uh, Melissa McCarthy's role. And then they ended up reversing that uh, at the last minute. Um, But, but, you know, she also sort of falls into, I mean, it's just Leslie Jones's personality, but she's the role that says, oh, hell no. Like she's, she's sort of the, the blue collar, um, every man in this particular situation. She's not the scientist. She's not one of the equals to Aaron Gilbert. And, and I get that. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's what he's calling out, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of uh, funny that you look point. back. It's,
2: yeah. It, and his main thing was, is it, especially the original one, didn't speak to him. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I can't fault him for that. Like, yeah. <laughs> growing up as a, uh, uh, you know, a, a little white kid in Calgary, Alberta, yeah, that movie probably, you know, hit me way differently than it did to him growing up as, you know, little black kid in Ontario. So yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's wrong. I, uh, it's nice of him to acknowledge that it's a classic and that it has faults depending on what your perspective is. Cause I think, you know, that's, that's where the discussion is supposed to be right yeah. now. That yeah. things can both be, uh, uh, you know, a piece of art and have their, the flaws of their times apparent. Um, the one, the one thing I did realize reading his article though is I got to the bit where he was talking about. I reached out to Jeff Klein to see if that was their, you know, their plan. I'm like, he never listens to our podcast because <laughs> if you recall uh, us uh, talking back to the, they won the diversity award right, from Diversity right. Magazine, yeah. in yeah. which they spoke to the point about, yes, it was a plan from the beginning. So, uh, so it, it was nice yeah. that uh, it was a good article by him, and then I'm sitting there going, well well yeah i mean I, we're kind of there
0: <laughs> we're kind of there we kind of already knew it but i thought it was i mean again especially from a source like vice which i know a lot of people read it's got a lot of, of great that's, exposure yeah that's
2: a different um, a different demographic than we definitely run in
0: yeah and and he he also goes so far as to compare things to like a uh, chip in the 80s transformers who you know was was very one-dimensional and and so if anything, it's it's a very good argument for, for how strong Extreme Ghostbusters actually was. And I know that it yep. does take a lot of flack, but the characterizations are fantastic. And I think that's why a lot of, especially Kylie, look, she's in the IDW comics to this day. You know, yeah, They still resonate because they're well-rounded characters. They weren't just yeah. sort of one-note, name me one junior Ghostbuster from real Ghostbusters. You can't because they were all just sort of one-dimensional kids.
2: One-dimensional little kids, yeah. the I really liked his point that it was, um, uh, and I lost my train, uh, thought, <laughs> this is my getting my thought back song, uh, that he pointed out that, um, could have been the two, four, six pack. I don't know, but look at the mess I'm in. Uh, oblongs. He pulled he my puts head. Out oblongs, Simpsons. Like a football. Oh my God! Where oh, the hell did no. it go? It's gone. What are talking about. It's never the coming pressure. back. Oh, the pressure. No, it's coming back. I, I, he had a really excellent point. The one thing that he pointed out that I hadn't really thought about, and it was an excellent one, is that it had no pressure because it was designed as something very different. It was designed as a standalone syndicated product right. that was going to go out yeah. on, I, th- where did it go? Like Nickelodeon or I can't yeah. remember. It was on that Bobot. It was the BKN, the BKN network yeah. for you guys. And then up here we had it like on, uh, I think you had it on like,
0: Toon Disney. I want to say
2: not Toon Disney. It did show up on Toon Disney later for us up here though. It was the, the Canadian, like the, one of the MTV sister stations, mm. what the hell was it called for, uh, for kids we had like a cartoon network Teletoon, and i guess oh right Teletoon Teletoon was, yeah yeah um it it ran there so they made their package and they just and then they sold it um so yeah they were under no pressure like there was a no pressure from uh from a network it's not like they were making it and abc was going to be giving them notes on what they liked and didn't like or how they thought they should change it or more to the point, the problem with a lot of stuff. Here's how we think diversity should be handled, which is usually yeah. the bass uh cliched way of dealing with it. So in yeah, this case, he, yeah. he made an excellent point that they had, they they were, they were under nobody's gun uh, to to get the, you know this thing done a certain way. They just they did it as the way they thought it should be and sent it out to the world. Yeah, and that's what it was. It, and it ages very well. It's it's something that. So, let's see. It came out...
0: 2000... No, not even 2000. 1997. So, we'll say
2: yeah. a little under um, 10 years after Ghostbusters went off the air, real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Real Ghostbusters kind of showing its age in places. Like, the well-written ones are holding on and the badly written ones are turning into, <laughs> you know, typical 80 yeah. Saturday morning schlock. <laughs> So Extreme Ghostbusters and that happened real quick too like yeah by the time we were watching Extreme Ghostbusters the real the bad parts of real ghostbusters were really starting to like to 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 kind of rankle sort of thing but uh, Extreme Ghostbusters holds up really well like it's yeah. It really There's does. something about it that makes it a lot more timeless than real Ghostbusters is.
0: Yeah. And and he calls out the Gollum episode, which we talked about last week as well. <laughs> which but, is one
2: of my favorites. Yeah. Like you when, when you have an episode with an actual animated Jewish Gollum, you're like, yeah. What am I watching? <laughs> this is amazing.
0: Well, so so to that point, Chris, uh, I, I thought I'd take us out of this this section here with Jeff Klein's last words here, because again, we, we hear from him so infrequently about this. He uh, he finishes yes. up the article by saying uh, I saw the series as a way to tell Twilight Zone or outer Limit type stories with a premise of humor. There's something really gratifying about getting the opportunity to extend the life of a story that resonates with characters that a variety of people like you can identify with that uh, identify with. And I'm very grateful for that. So, you know, he same thing. He's kind of, He's kind of surprised. He's really glad that this is resonating. He's glad that these characters have lived on and like you say that it still yeah. holds up and and all by design it seems. So, uh so very cool. Uh very great yeah.
2: article. And you know, a, a big round of applause to Noel for getting uh Jeff Klein to sit yeah. down and say something cuz as you said, that's like that's like him capturing a leprechaun and going, like, "I going to interview like a leprechaun." Capturing
0: moonlight. How do you do it? Yeah. Um so, uh, uh yeah. so yeah, so I, seek, yeah. seek that out. I mean, we, we kind of covered a lot of the, the article, but, uh, there's, there's a lot of nuance in there that you need to read in, in Noel's uh, words. So check, check that out.
3: Hey, Chris and Troy, this is Joe from the Atlantic Ghostbusters. I will keep this quick, first off, there's no way you can't call champagne and ecto cooler a slime mimosa. Uh, that one's for free. And then also, I've done a little bit of mixing. I'm
2: not a a mixologist, but ecto-cooler doesn't do so well with darker rums, things like that. You want a clean, you know, vodka's ideal
3: or anything that is is light on the flavor, because otherwise uh, that mix that is the tangerine mix inside the ecto-cooler gets thrown off really easily.
2: Um. Uh, to my, you know, sad dismay. But you know, vodka and cooler tastes delicious, so I'm not complaining too much. Anyway, hope you have a, you know, great week ahead of you, and I'll uh, hear you next time on Monday. I'm gonna tell you a story about a
3: little-
0: Let's see two two more quick items here. You know, we uh, the Ghostbusters Funko issue came out from IDW this past week, and I had every intention to read this before we started recording, Chris, and I, I didn't. I, I I did. Did you? What would you think? I did. I've I've heard I've heard mixed reviews on it, but I've heard that because it's so different, there's a lot of people that it reminds me of the when the Deviations issue came out. I'm getting the same yeah. sort of vibes from people like, oh, that's what this is.
2: Yeah. It's that's what it is. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Okay. It's cute. It's yeah. very cute. It's not very deep. Um, and
0: The covers are fantastic. That convention yeah. exclusive of uh, Stay Puffed uh, by the campfire. I, I love that one.
2: Yeah. The other variant I really like to find is the Funko uh, Stay Puffed packaging front,
0: like, right? Which yeah. I think
2: is also one they made. I think it's the art they did for the T-shirt or whatever. But it's a great cover. It's um. Yeah, it's a very simple premise. I mean, it's a one-shot, which means they're not making a big, sure. deep arc of a story. It's you know, it's a it's a one-and-gun uh, sort of thing. There, uh, it's not quite the same. It, we're not getting the the movie character voices. We're just getting cute mm. little character voices. Is yeah. what we're getting. Yeah, um, that's, that's always tough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, okay. I don't know if you're a collector. Yeah, it's great. It's a be- it, Even the inside art looks really, really great. I I could do kind of like the idea of having fun with the Funko characters and yeah. all that. But but we knew from day one that this was essentially a large Funko promotional item, so...
0: (laughs) It really is, and I think it also skews a lot younger as well, that this is kind of... This is geared toward the younger audience, uh, perhaps, so... Yeah, um,
2: exactly. It's... uh, I don't know that people can get too mad at it. It's kind of like the people who are getting really mad at the Playmobil uh app game oh it's kind of, yeah this is very simple and one-dimensional it's like it's advertising for the toys what <laughs> did you expect
0: it's free it's marketing yeah
2: that's right um, so yeah funko pop one shot it's like well what do you think you're reading like
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, why is
2: it as deep and as engaging as the last several oh, years no, of idw's right. ghostbusters yeah because it's a one-shot with of funko characters
0: but and and for i mean uh, you know I, I hate to say this cuz i know that it's it's not something that should be said is but you know go go s- support ghostbusters at idw um i know that yeah. everybody's going to say no nah, we don't buy everything with a no, a no ghost logo on it and i i get that i don't either um, but you want especially IDW and knowing that comic sales are hurting so badly right now and uh, yeah. I just saw that Marvel canceled like 30 some titles because they're just mm-hmm. they're not selling the numbers uh, anymore uh let IDW know that you want these Ghostbusters comics and and yes I know the Funko thing is not everybody's bag and and I cannot fault you if you don't want to go pick that up but um you know uh, buy buy a second issue of uh, 101 number 2 or so you know just show show your love show your support for everything that that creative team is doing because it's so great and I want to see it continue um so so if anything uh, you know give them your 4 bucks some way somehow uh, toward ghostbusters just so that they know that you're out there and and you love this stuff uh that's to me i think that's the the moral of of this story and no you again i'm not saying that if it says ghostbusters we got to go out and buy it um i know that's a An an old argument dating way back to 1990, somewhere on the internet that was like, just because it's got Ghostbusters on it doesn't mean I'm going to buy it. I totally, totally agree with you. Um, But, you know, IDW is doing great work, so so support them in any way that you can. Um, Things that you should not support, well, let me take that back. You can support it if you so choose, but I would say do so at your own risk. Um, there are a lot of bootleg copies of New Ghostbusters Two for the Nintendo Entertainment <laughs> System out there, um, and the reason I bring this up is because there's a really cool uh, that slime green cart that just came. Uh, again, this is another thing that was uh, that hit virally pink, uh, this past pink
2: week. Pink and green.
0: Oh, there's pink and green. Oh, you're yes. kidding. That's clever. I mean, that's that's taking it to a new now. Here again, here's the thing. It is a custom. Ghostbusters cartridge uh but I have seen on eBay there's a lot of the the Japan release only uh, a new Ghostbusters 2 is kind of like what was the Contra 3 I can't remember the game that was like not released in the United States and so it, it sells for ridiculous amounts of money um or DuckTales 2 uh that's another one like DuckTales 2 that NES cartridge sells for ridiculous <laughs> amounts of money um, <laughs> sorry <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. But so, so at any rate, so that cartridge looks awesome. Like the slime inside of it, uh, very cool. And, uh, I, I mean, I do, I do love the fact that they're going the extra mile with this particular version because sometimes when you see the ones on eBay, you're like, yeah, that's a fake, that's a bootleg. And you can tell right away by the, like the label on the cart looks like it's been custom printed and it doesn't have the right logo in the right place. And, um it's it's i don't know i
2: i just say buyer beware on on a lot of those especially
0: especially like those imported games
2: my only uh complaint about these custom ones is that i they should have sold them as a set and it should have been ghostbusters 2 with the pink slime and the green slime should have been the original Oh, with the original yeah Yeah. oh that's a great idea too but that's just ghostbuster fan pedantry on my part
0: (laughs) Well, and so, I mean, the the crazy thing now, even if you look up on Amazon, there's the 350 or 400 to one uh, cartridge games that you can buy that they're imported from somewhere in Hong Kong, I want to say. It's one cartridge that you can throw into your NES and it has like 400 games on it. Uh, Very cool pretty illegal i'm sure um, oh yeah probably it's it's all been you know from from emulation been ported over to a cartridge but uh
2: i bought the the little cheap retrocade thing that they call it and uh, fired it up in secret studio north here the other day oh nice Uh, ghostbusters is there It's,
0: it's there oh that's awesome Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, and the funny thing is I say all of this and I I got one of the NES classics and I immediately added a whole bunch of games onto onto it, including Ghostbusters. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I I get it and I just want to tell people to just be aware, just make sure you know what you're doing. I mean, those, again, it's a super cool cartridge and I would be lying if I didn't, if I said that I didn't want to, uh, to pick it up, but, uh, you know, just, just be cautious, be careful. Throwing that out there, it's yeah. it's the it's the, it's the uh, fatherly figure in me. I just want to make sure you guys are all safe. Don't give everybody your phone number. <laughs> Caveat <sure> emptor. It... <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Use your screen names from the '90s if you have to. Um, but anyway, uh, so let's see. Let's. Except let's...
2: for Solo. that's taken.
0: Yeah, solo is taken. That was my name first, and you can't have it. Oh my God, do you remember that? Like all of the, you can't be. Dr. Vankman. I was Dr. I'm Venkman. I Dr. For... Venkman.
2: Oh, yeah, well. my God.
0: Anyway. Uh, but, hey, speaking of longtime ghost heads, we got a really cool letter, Chris, that I thought we would end the episode by reading. Um, it comes all the way from the land. Well, it's the land. I don't, can't say the land of the land. It's Finland. Uh, we got a, a, an email that said, greetings from Finland.
2: Finland, Finland, Finland. And... The uh, one place I'd most like to be. You triggered Monty Python did. now.
0: This is the second time I've gotten to trigger that song, too. I feel very <laughs> accomplished. I want you guys to yeah, know. Yeah, we'll
2: what triggered it the last time? Anyways, I, don't,
0: I can't remember. But anyway, uh, so, anyways, knows? so uh, we did get this um, amazing email, and we love getting these emails, especially, you know, we, we have talked uh, at, at great lengths about how much we love interacting with Naoki, uh the Ghostbusters of Japan. Um, who I think dating back to our very first episode, we we're like there are no ghost heads in Japan, and Naoki's like, "Hey guys, what's up?" Um, Hi. So, uh, hello. Oh, yeah. Sorry, we're um, just an ignorant North American. Uh, but so anyway, so the email subject was "Greetings from Finland," and uh, here's the message. It says, "I really enjoy listening to the Ghostbusters interdimensional crossrip since I stumbled upon it in February." Uh, Troy, you and Chris do a great job bringing us listeners all the latest news and discussing everything Ghostbusters with a positive attitude and great enthusiasm. It wasn't before last August that I watched the first Ghostbusters movie because I was going to see Answer the Call in cinemas and wanted to know what it was originally about. That's really interesting. Since then, I've watched the original movie so many times that I've lost count, the entirety of real Ghostbusters, I've read some of the IDW comics, and sadly they don't sell them in Finland, but luckily he has found some when he was in Scotland. So we know that IDW has a reach all the way to Scotland. And now (laughs) I am watching extreme Ghostbusters. I can't really say that there is a Ghostbusters community in Finland since there doesn't seem to be one. Oh, man. Uh, But yesterday, May the 6th, in Pop Cult Helsinki, there was a convention with an all-female panel discussing different aspects of all three Ghostbusters movies for 75 minutes. It was an interesting and... It was interesting and laid-back discussion about parapsychology, movie tropes, gender roles, different stereotypes of nerds, political atmosphere in the USA, then and now, and much more. The audience was rather small, maybe less than 30 people in a very big auditorium, but everybody seemed very interested in the subject, and some people threw in comments. There were only four Ghostbusters cosplayers at the convention, including my best friend as Holtzman and myself as Janine. I was expecting there to be more, but for me it was really cool to get to meet other Ghostbusters fans for the first time. I'm sure Ghostbusters used to be a bigger deal back in the day, but I really wouldn't know. I was born in the 90s. I find it inspiring that even though it's been decades since the first movie came out, there's still a lot to discuss and new interpretations to make. I guess that's all. I just wanted to let you know what's going on in Finland. When it comes to Ghostbusters, thank you so much for reading this. Wish you all the best and see you on the other side ida chris that's that was like the best letter we've ever received i, I was just I over the moon about this because it speaks to two things one we've always wanted to know more about the international appeal and i know that there's a lot of you out there um there and i'm, I'm blanking on her name um there's a woman in france who i have been dying to tell us about the the like the cultural landscape of ghostbusters in france and she i'd She just doesn't respond to me, but, uh, but there's, there's a, uh, there's a wide reach of people out there and we love hearing about that. Um, but again, this also speaks to something that we were talking about last week. Here's a fan that was born in the nineties and had never seen the original film until a month ago, two months ago. So this is, this is a new ghost head that's reaching out to us and experiencing these things for the very first time. It's, it's really cool
2: it's extremely cool and the one thing i want to point out is if you go to a convention and there are four people there dressed up as ghostbusters you found the ghostbusters community
0: (laughs) yeah you're good that's usually what it is (laughs)
2: exchange emails because that's usually all it is in any given town anyways yeah the four people that are are kooky enough to dress up ta-da you found (laughs) found the community
0: well and and take a look at um yeah, like PKE surge at DragonCon. You know that that started out fairly small, um, small. I'm sure you know no more than thirty or forty people at the most. Uh, and and uh, it should
2: be pointed out for you know Finlanders and uh, Europeans and, and all that who don't have a sense of scale. DragonCon is huge. So
0: oh yeah, I don't uh, to have
2: thirty people showing up. That was a drop in the bucket sure uh, Yeah. first off you know compared, compared to, the, to the hundreds of star wars i was games. gonna
0: say there's well, I, I, i'm not quite sure what dragon cons attendance is but i'm sure it's upward of 10 20, at the very least right it's it's a big crowd
2: um oh my goodness sir no it's 70 i want to say oh my god if not more Jeez, it's that's huge. even bigger than i
0: thought it was yeah um so so at any rate so yeah so uh you are you're not alone Ida, like there's there's people out there, and and now you know those thirty people that were in that that convention hall with you, and hopefully you guys did exchange uh, your your emails. Maybe you guys are starting up the Ghostbusters of Finland as we speak, which would be really great. Welcome to the franchise, uh, Ghostbusters of Finland. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it's really cool. I love hearing stories like this because it again it speaks to what we were saying last week that. You know, these these are people that are new fans. They came because of, of the new movie and we had a feeling that this would be happening. Um and, and and retroactively they're exploring real Ghostbusters and extreme Ghostbusters and uh really getting to dive into the lore, which I'm actually really envious. They're you know, to, to be experiencing this stuff for the first time and and really getting to 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 know the characters and the situations and the equipment and all of that stuff for the first time, you know, you and I, Chris, this is like old hat, man. We've been yeah. I I mean even even before the internet days we were poring over it and uh, reading source manuals for role-playing games and the now comics and and uh, so uh, you know it's it's something that has kind of been with us for pretty much my entire life and and I know a good chunk of yours as well so um it's it's just really cool I'm I, if if more people write us letters like this man we're gonna be doing this podcast for 20 years because I'd <laughs> It was like on cloud nine. I was like, "Oh my god!" Somebody in Finland wrote in, and just just really cool to hear from you guys like that. So so thanks for taking if, the time to to give us that, Ida. That was that was we really get cool. To more
2: you. like that, we could have ourselves whipped into shape by the end of the century.
0: <laughs> so why don't you give us a jingle in the year three <laughs> thousand? You have to you have to alter that now. It's really weird. It's a very strange, yeah. Uh, I was
2: I was actually going to tweet, can you imagine the amount of shitty uh, Prince covers we're going to have to, or they're going to have to listen to, in, <laughs> you know, leading up to
0: 2099?
2: 2099, yeah. Uh, no, because I had that terrible, well, not terrible, but I had that mind-numbing discussion with my son where I was trying to explain to him, he was like, you know, I want to go to space. Can we go to space? And I'm like, well, you've got a better sh- shot of going to space than I do, buddy. They're figuring that out now. Yeah, yeah, And I try to explain to them, like, you know, turn of last century, they men, you know, got the plane going, and then within 60 years, they got on the moon. So, within 60 years of now, yeah. or it's been 60 years since then, and they're starting to get people into space. So, in another 60 years, you'll be 64, and well before then and and then i'm doing the he's like when was that and i'm like 2077 i'm like oh my god you got a good shot of seeing the 21st or the 22nd century Jeez,
0: yeah that's again the next generation right there um
2: (laughs) that's when i realized my son's gonna have to listen to all those shitty covers of prince so (laughs) uh poor thomas what have i done
0: but the good news is uh much like the ghostbusters of finland he will be carrying that torch because we know that he loves ghostbusters uh, like his dad and that's that's cool too
2: Oh wait, are we still taping? Don't
0: wait yeah, another here. minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, Go Go Stoppers. Stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it
2: again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our call line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page Two. and Twitter accounts. Chris is dead.
0: Uh, no kidding. Just give me the address.
2: Search Facebook for Ghostbusters. Interdimensional cross trip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger.
1: What the hell are you doing?
2: If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC.
3: That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Good job.
0: I love, I love the fact that uh, Thomas, age 35 or 40, is going to be you know, going through the old data tapes of his dad. And he's going to be listening to
2: this someday. <laughs> he won't remember the conversation, but he'll remember me talking about it two hours later in a podcast.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's going to be like, oh, that's right. I did talk to my dad about going to space. Here I am on Mars colonizing the planet, and he was
2: right. Yeah, this is... R- relatively deep stuff compared to the <laughs> stupid shit he usually talks about.
0: <laughs> remember, remember the episode where he couldn't open a beer at the beginning <laughs> like, <laughs> talking about traveling to distant planets at the end.
2: Uh-huh. That was a great
0: one. That was a good one. But, uh, well, Hey, so no pressure. You are now talking to your son 40 years in the future. Chris, what are your final thoughts for him?
2: <laughs> son, if you're listening to this, I'm gone <laughs> and you're decades too late to go see the five fifths Ghostbusters. Uh, uh,
0: let's see, Chicago Fringe. Chicago Fringe, yeah.
2: Yeah, I wanted yeah. to give a shout out to this one. So Thursday, May twenty fifth. That's next Thursday, or the Thursday. What is the uh, date? This this next episode week. is yeah. I was gonna yeah. say it's
0: coming out next week because this episode is on the the uh, fifteenth.
2: Yes, so if you're, whenever you listen to this episode, the week this one was launched, it's the week after, Thursday, the May 25th, as part of the Chicago Fringe Festival, they have a, an annual fundraiser called the Five-Fifths, where uh, these local, they call them five local companies, so I'm assuming those must be, I don't know. let's see here, so Artists Schedule, yeah, they're, they're performance groups, uh, so part of it is that there's five of them. And then the oh that's why that makes sense five five uh, troops and fifths they do a fifth of a of a play or a movie and in this case they're doing the first fifth of Ghostbusters uh, so it's wait, to raise the first money.
0: fifth what does that take them up to I yeah wonder. I was
2: trying to figure yeah. that out um, so what is it it's a it's a ninety minute movie roughly eighty seven something yeah. like that
0: well you were you were on the Ghostbusters minute what at what point were you on the uh, the podcast do you recall? I don't remember oh,
2: okay. I don't even remember what I had for lunches today. Um, <laughs> And I'm supposed to be tracking it, so. Bleh. Oh. Um, but first, f- fifth. Well, you and I can figure this out because the movie comes in three acts. So the end of the first act is them becoming the team. Basically, yeah, I was say, so, that's
0: trapping Slimer would be my guess. Yeah.
2: So a little under that, I guess, somewhere's about the time they're trying to get there. Sometime after the what's the library? Yeah, getting the you know demilitarized zone something like that there's there's a there's a good good some good bits in there um, unless unless they cheat and they do uh, a fifth but it's pulled from the entire thing so they oh, just sort of yeah, super okay. condense it well that's, i was but gonna I, say
0: like if you're gonna do it don't you want to do at least like the cedric hotel sequence or or the, the oh, rooftop
2: i read this wrong are you ready oh, oh, are you okay. sitting down oh i'm sitting down because the math Way easier. The companies, so there's five of them, take their own spin on a fifth of the movie. Oh, so oh, it is oh, the whole okay. movie. It's the
0: whole movie, but it's it's different people portraying yeah, each fifth of the movie. I get uh-huh. it Okay,
2: all right. So in theory, somebody who knows what this is or who's involved with organizing has been up to this point screaming. Into the void at us because we're so stupid. <laughs> I apologize. We have now corrected. We've course. corrected it. Yes. So if yeah, you're in the Chicago
0: but, area, yeah, check check it out. Yeah, cool.
2: filament theater, May 25th, uh, Thursday, May 25th at seven, and uh, it doesn't. Oh, there it is. Tickets, 35 bucks until May 15th. <gasps> So if you're listening to this on day one, no. you go online If you're online listening fast. today, go
0: pick it up before the, the prices increase. Yeah, definitely. Because
2: afterwards, it goes to 40 bucks. But do remember, that's, it's a fundraising event for the Fringe. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you get two tickets for adult or non-adult beverages. Ooh. Uh, food, the original production... Oh, right. So you get to see the show and access to wine raffle, cash drawing, and auctions Jeez, with prizes.
0: That's, that's a great fundraiser. That's a lot of value there, too. So you get a good show. $35, $40 get,
2: bucks is, 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 is good price just for a fundraiser show, let alone a drinky-winky and yeah. a little bit of nibbles <laughs> and maybe go with a little extra wine. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> uh,
0: go, so check that out. What was the website again, Chris? <sighs>
2: You, you put Bruce Lee up against I have a heavy like uh, Chuck, Chuck Wetner. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry.
0: That's what we're gonna do. What the we... whole podcast is the bums uh, from the deleted scene. I hope oh, you guys are God, ready that'd for be it.
2: Awesome. <laughs> it. Wants to be Murray. I can do a pretty good accurate I guess. Ah. Um,
0: I, you know, I was. That was kind of barf. I was like, bah.
2: yeah. Well, he's not far off. Yeah. <laughs> that Wino uh. character's not far off. <laughs> um. Anyways, you were asking me a question. And, the and the I was website address over again? It. Do
0: you do you have it? Uh, handy by chance?
2: Uh, handy. Handy-ish. Maybe not. Okay, well, while um, you're doing
0: that, I'll, I'll yeah, send Chicago a shout-out. Oh, there you go.
2: ChicagoFringe.org. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Yeah, go go check it out, uh, and especially today, go go do that before it's too late. Yeah, save yourself um, five bucks. So let's, let's do a quick shout-out here also to Alec Vaughn on the Twitters. Uh, he, as far as I have seen... Has had the high score on the Playmobil game. He he clocked in at one thousand eighty six points.
2: Yeah, uh, he kind of shattered the record. I
0: I mean, I, I dude's not human. I want him tested uh, because I, I have no idea how he got a thousand and eighty six points. I think positively. Ghostbusters said, "Are you a wizard?" In response to it, because like. I have no idea how
2: this guy did it. Yeah. It's Up to that point, I, I was like, I had, you know, stop. You're going to hurt yourself, whatever. <laughs> By the time he got to that one, all my only response was that Ryan Reynolds uh, gif of, but why?
0: <laughs> uh, oh, it was,
2: my. it was, yeah, that's.
0: Oh, how. man. So, uh, Alec, good good on you, man. I don't think that's going to be, that's the ceiling. I don't think anybody's going to be able to beat that. I mean... Yeah,
2: you win win the Playmobil no prize on that one, Yes,
0: but let's put the challenge out there. If you think you've got what it takes to beat Alec Vaughn... One thousand and eighty-six points on the Playmobil game. Uh-huh. Pixar didn't happen. You gotta get it. You gotta get that screenshot and send it to us at the Crossrip uh, because I'll believe it when I see it. So uh, good, good job, Alec. Uh, thanks for thanks for putting yourself to the challenge. Thanks for I don't know how many hours you spent doing that. It's that was dedication, Holmes. <laughs> so
2: speaking as a game developer, it smells a lot like Alec figured out a trick, uh, not a cheat okay. per se, but he's but he's something. found the
0: he's found the an thing. exploit. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, send send those to us uh, here at the CrossRip, and uh, we'll 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 give you a shout out on the air if you're able to even get close to what Alec has done. And that's if you right. know what the exploit is, tell us, and maybe I can actually get some better score. I was
2: wondering about that. I think I think it might involve. Uh, I have this theory about camping at the uh, the containment unit on the top uh, level because it's right oh, next. Oh, that's to a the, good point. Okay. The so you stand there, you shoot, you shoot, you shoot, and you're just you just never run out of traps. Yeah, as long and as you have enough if, time. Yeah. Then if you're in a bind, you can jump down the pole. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, so yeah, I there's think.
0: there's your tip. There's your Nintendo Power uh,
2: tip of the day,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: with no guarantee. With no guarantees that it'll
0: work, but yeah, so At all. send send that in. But uh, all right, Chris. Well, let's let's bring this one to a close. Um, sure. And uh, yeah, thanks thanks again for everybody that's writing into us and interacting with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, I, I've seen a few more five star reviews go up on. On uh, the iTunes, we love those. Um,
2: uh, please take a moment. Uh, we know how many listeners we have, and we know only a you know a small handful of you have reviewed us, uh, and we don't want to beg, but please, <laughs> please write <laughs> please us a review because uh, um, you know, that's what Apple uses to, uh, uh, and they use it in waves. So if a bunch of y'all kind of jump on it roughly the same yeah, time, it'll yeah. help really help to kind of get the word out there. It's I mean we're it, a couple it sucks of nerds talking. Like, yeah, Nerd it's. Stuff. I don't know.
0: Like I always, I, I hear all the podcasters saying like, leave us five star thing, reviews. Right? That, but but the reason that it has to be done is because of the metrics, and it, it's not yeah. like we need we need the feedback. We don't need our ego stroked. It's.
2: Uh, well, we need that a little bit. But well,
0: yeah, we kind of need that too. But uh, it actually helps. Hurt. It, it, it helps us. You know, when we go to people that we want to have on the show, where we can be like, oh, oh. look, we have X amount of subscribers. We're number one on on this uh, group. Uh, it so it helps us to be able to provide you more content. So it's it's uh, it's for your own benefit as well. So yes, so the five star reviews, uh, subscribe, all that that jazz that you hear on every single podcast, please do it with please. us too. Please. We'll beg. Please. And if not, we're going to do an entire episode as the bums and you're just going to be like, "Uh, oh, that's it. I'm unsubscribing. I can't take these guys anymore."
2: Or you put <laughs> Interdimensional Crossroads up against
0: a heavy hitter like Mark Merritt. Oh. Now, uh, oh. uh, we'll see you on the other side. Who you going?
1: Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters interdimensional cross rip. Visit us at protoncharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and stillplayingwithtoys.net.
0: This could be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters! It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I wanted to love it.
1: Next week, though, Carol's Pets. Weird. No.
0: we both went to it's it's like you can't do that on television both of us